Welcome to the audio of Excluded Headlines. I'm Tamara Pearson, a journalist, author and activist based here in Puebla, Mexico. This week's ignored and underreported news from the poor majority world includes demands to expel mining companies in Sudan, deadly floods in the Philippines and free IVF treatment in Cuba. Some of the following stories were mentioned very briefly by the media, but didn't get the same amount of attention had such floods or bombings taken place in Europe or the US. Others were totally boycotted. In Sudan, people are demanding that mining companies be expelled. Activists have held a sit-in for six days straight with promises to continue until all mining companies in the El Fayda area stop working. Many of the companies are just two to three kilometers from populated areas in violation of local and international laws. Cyanide and other chemicals used to mine gold are a serious threat to the country's environment. Sudan is the second largest producer of gold in Africa and the government is trying to attract more foreign investors. In Cuba, in the interests of equality, agency and justice, the country's health ministry approved a regulation that will make medically assisted reproduction available to people who express the need for it, including single men, same-sex couples and women with medical impediments to getting pregnant. People will have access to the treatment in order of the dates they applied for it and it will be limited to women aged 20 to 45 and men aged 20 to 55. In Somalia, twin car bombs that targeted the education ministry on Saturday killed at least 120 people and injured hundreds of others. Al-Shabaab, which controls large parts of the country, claimed responsibility. One man reported going to the scene in a busy part of the capital after the first bomb. He survived the second bomb, but seven of his close friends didn't. Hospitals already facing strained resources are struggling to care for all the victims. In the Philippines, at least 150 people have died in floods, 15,000 homes have been partially or totally destroyed, 1.2 million people have been displaced, and a total of 4 million people affected. The floods follow the arrival of Tropical Storm Bain on the weekend. In Egypt, security forces have arrested hundreds as the COP27 climate summit is due to start on Sunday in the country. Arrests include former detainees and family members of activists, and they follow calls for anti-government protests. In Ethiopia, two years of conflict have come to an end for now after having left thousands dead, millions displaced and many facing famine. For three decades, the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF, had dominated the government until elections in 2018. The new government sent troops to the Tigray region in 2020 to topple the TPLF. On Wednesday, after a week of talks, the government and the Tigrayan Front announced an end to the conflict and that coordinated disarmament would begin. Restoration of services and access to humanitarian supplies was also agreed on. It isn't clear if Eritrean forces will respect the agreement, and the Ethiopian Prime Minister complained about other countries trying to interfere in the process. In the Mediterranean, boats that search for and rescue survivors in the sea are urgently requesting to dock at any nearby port, with over a thousand refugees and migrants in total on board. After having been rescued, the migrants are in limbo at sea as European countries refuse to allow the boats to dock. Countries like Italy and Malta have closed their ports to the boats of the NGOs that rescue migrants. In Honduras, the government is resisting the US's pressure regarding corporate cities. In April, the Honduran Congress unanimously voted to repeal a law that allows for corporate cities, called CEDES, where private companies manage small regions and have full legal autonomy. 
However, various U.S. companies are involved in such regions, and early in October, two U.S. senators called on the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, to rally against the Honduran government for repealing the law. The U.S. ambassador to Honduras also recently made comments criticizing the policy, leading to the Honduran foreign minister to summon her to a meeting on October 21 for meddling in the country's internal affairs. Thank you for listening. Do share or invite contacts to subscribe so that people can get a fuller picture of global events and news.